Welcome friends to the Someone Gets Me podcast. I am your host, Diane Allen, and I am so delighted that you're here. This podcast was created because I believe there is a visionary leader inside each one of us who is waiting to be seen. In each episode of Someone Gets Me, you will hear useful tips from successful visionaries who will share their stories about how being seen has allowed them to take their vision out into the world with action. How to create your vision. Hi everybody, it's Diane here at Someone Gets Me and I have a great guest for us today. Craig Bartok is here with us from San Francisco, California. He is a longtime veteran and enrollee in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as a musician, songwriter, producer, all kinds of areas in the music business. And you all know I always talk about it's time to create our vision. Well, this is a man who has created his vision, and he also helps other people create their vision. So grab your coffee, your tea, and sit back, because I have a feeling we are going to learn some magical things from Craig today. So welcome to the show, Craig. Hi, how are you? We're doing great. Good. So, I'm so happy that you're here with us, because I so often talk about vision and creativity, and the more I learn about you, the more I'm like, wow, it's like there's such a neat alignment that I know that this audience is going to so love this interview. So I appreciate oh, you wonderful. taking time out of your oh, busy life. It's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. So I'd like to start off with a little bit of tell us how and when you started in music. Like you've been in it for a long time. Like, I sure have. How were you introduced to the love of music? Well, you know, honestly, boy, the love of music, if, if you were interviewing my mom, she would tell you that when I was like a really little kid, I had a box of records and I, I wouldn't leave my bedroom. I would sit and play records all day long. You know, she would try to get me to go out and play. You know, it's a sunny day. Go play with the neighbors. All that. I would sit there and just play records. I'm talking about like three years old, five years old and that type of thing. And, um, I got my first guitar as a birthday present when I was eight, and um, and I'm pretty much self-taught. And um, just you know, it's just I don't know how it works. Is uh, how it works. Just whether it's just the way you're wired, your synapses, or whatever. But music always just spoke to me, like the beauty of strings, or you know, um, just the way they're organized. Music and just the the emotion of music. It's what spoke to me. It's never been the precision of music. It's been, it's it's just amazing how media and a song can just make you feel just a certain way, or or how a song you can have one song and you can play it for ten different people and say, oh. I had, I identify with that song. That song's about me, mm-hmm. but they they see what they want to see in a song, and there's no greater gift for a songwriter or an artist to have somebody say that to you because it just it's great, you know, because you you know you put a song out there and it's like this is this is what I'm feeling, and it's amazing to think that somebody can take that inter- and interpret it and put it into their own life and fit it into their world. I mean, there's no better compliment. No, there is no better compliment. And I think of sometimes the songs that I've heard over the years where I'm like, I could have written that. It's like, it's like it was me speaking it. And that resonance is, to me, it's, it's that universal energy that's in all of us connecting. And it, there's a magic in that. There really, really is. 
And so, I mean, basically, yeah, you know, to, to, you know, to carry on, I mean, I, I taught myself how to play guitar, started my first, started my first bands when I was like 12 years old. I was in like a, the, like a talent show in sixth grade. And then in seventh grade and eighth grade, I started like literally, I had a band together and we had a manager and I was making money. And uh, by the time I was in my mid to late teens, I was, li- I was living in San Diego and probably in one of the most pop- popular bands to play dances. That's back in the days when they used to have dances. Mm-hmm. They didn't have DJs and then you could actually stand next to somebody and not socially distance. Right. So um, with the exception of a Mormon dance, I'm sorry, I just had to go there. Um, <laughs> Uh, but, but, um, so yeah, and I got, I, I was always writing songs and I got my first publishing deal, um, when I was about 19 and my first record deal when I was about 20. And, um, you know, I decided that I really enjoyed producing and working with other people, which led me to a long career of producing and songwriting where I developed a lot of young artists like the people like Brie Larson who went on to win uh, the Academy Award. She was like somebody Mm -hmm. that I had written for and when she was a teenager and Reeve Carney and Rain Wilson and just uh, lots and lots and lots of people. Um, But, um, you know, and I was also working with a number of very big artists at the time. I was like, I was on like a Madonna, Simply Red, Brandy, Seal, a lot of like R&B stuff. And, and so, um, and also I was developing artists and getting them record deals. We're talking about the 90s here. So I, um, I had a manager that was, uh, that was work, I was working with, and um, he was a very big manager. He managed a lot of major acts so he put me together with like people like Nikki Six and Nikki and I were songwriting mm-hmm. partners for a while. And I, I had written with uh, Debbie Harry and, and, and I did a single with her with on um, one of Blondie's albums. Mm-hmm. And then they thought it would be a really good fit if I would work with, with Hart. Um, Hart was going back into the studio and doing their first studio album in 13 years. They'd kind of taken a hiatus. Mm-hmm. And um, they kind of wanted somebody just to kind of just to bounce ideas off of initially. So Nancy Wilson came to my studio at the time when I was living in L.A. And, um, you know, we just hit it off. I mean, it was just one of those things where she just felt like like a sister to me. Wow. We sat and we yeah. talked for like three hours and we ended up writing like three songs, two that ended up on the album that I produced with them. And, um, you know, and then I met Anne. And, of course, that was just as magical. And then. I, I came in as a songwriter, producer, guy, and ended up being the lead guitar player in Heart for all these years because it was one of those things where just I played so many of the guitars on the album that we did together. They just thought it would be like a good fit. So they kind of like sheepishly asked me if I would like to be their guitar player. And I'm like, you know, I, I had been in the studio for 20 years, you know, right. like right. producing and writing and doing all these things. So I was, you know, I was, it, it was a big decision, but it was also at the time when the music business was kind of like going through some major changes. That's about the time when Napster was around and people were downloading mm-hmm. and the music business was basically kind of like on life support. Um, and I could see the, I could see the direction it was going. And I loved Ann and Nancy and I still do. And I love the people. So it was really 
this, the combination of seeing the music business sort of shift over from getting record deals and, and, and developing artists and producing them to actually being a part of a, of, of, a, of, a, of a working entity that's been around for many, many years. And I just, like I said, I wouldn't have done it if I hadn't have had the connection with Ann and Nancy and the, you know, the crew and everybody, they're just the most wonderful people on the planet. So I, you know, and the, the fact that we're not touring this year, I, I miss them dearly because they're all very, very good friends and wonderful people. So when you came out of the studio and onto the stage, yeah. you know, after all of that, was that an easy transition or difficult? What was the most, when you look back at that transition, how was that for you? Yeah, that's a good question, you know, because um, I had, um, all through my teens, I had played every type of dance, every type of bar, every type of concert, every type of situation you could think of. And then there was this huge period where I didn't do it. I, I, I said, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to concentrate on being in the studio because I had been in the studio since I was a teenager. I had access to a recording studio all these years. And so when they said, you know, do you want to be in heart? Um, you know, I didn't have the, I didn't have the equipment. I didn't have the wardrobe. I didn't have the, the, the mindset. I had never stepped foot on a tour bus before all this. So it was, you know, it was a steep learning curve yes. and uh, just to learn the logistics of what it's like to be on the roads, being on stage and playing Barracuda and Magic Man and Crazy on You was not a problem at all. I mean, I didn't feel actually my very first show with them was was huge. I mean, we, we flew to Nashville and we did a TV show called Crossroads, which is there's a country and Western artist and a rock band. And then they combine songs and work together. And we did it with Winona. And so it was Winona and Hart. And, um, you know, and it was it was in a stadium with 10 cameras and that was my introduction to my very first show with Hart. I mean, it's like talk about being like, you know, thrown into the fire. Right. Um, and, and I found that I wasn't nervous at all. It just it didn't feel a whole lot different than my high school days. Um, but the hardest part was really just learning how to survive on the road, how to take care of yourself, how to get enough sleep how to find good food when you're in certain parts of the country that, you know, so that you, you, you stay healthy, you know, and you stay focused and it's a very different world than when you're at home. So the, 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 the I always say that the hardest part is, is the, is the takeoff and the landing. It's like going on the road is really difficult because you're so used to being home and your routine at home. And then you go on the road and it's like you're a different person. The, the world is different. You have to think differently. You have diff a whole different set of problems. And then, you know, it's fine. You adjust real quickly and then you're that way. And then when you come home, there's a whole different other mentality and a whole di different shift. And that's really the hardest part. So what did you do to help yourself through those transitions? Do you meditate or work out or how, to, how did you do that? Because I've heard that a lot and I've been on the road with some of the people that I've worked with. So I totally understand what you're saying. Yeah. And that was why I was on the road was to help support them and staying healthy and having the right food and do those kinds of things. So what did you do to, to make it and, and well, stay you know, successful and healthy? Well, you know, I think it's, I, 
I'm lucky because I went in with the the right sort of mental attitude in in my life. You know, it's one thing if you're doing this in your 20s, you know, and, and you're still going through certain things and you're still experimenting. But right. by the time I had gotten on the road, um, I was I was I was stable. You know, I felt good about um, I felt good about myself. I already had become a vegetarian and I, I, I'm not a smoker. I'm, I'm not a drinker. I've never really taken drugs. So it was easy for me and and everybody else in the band, everybody was was really focused on the closeness of the band. It was it wasn't like wild parties or it wasn't like like, you know, let's let's, you know, go out and get drunk. And so it was everybody kind of had that mindset. And it so it made it very easy for me because I've never been one of uh, like a follower. I'd never been the type of person to feel peer pressure. So um, I just, you know, days off, let's go find some good food. Um, um, I'm going to into my bunk in the bus early to get a good night's sleep because I know that, you know, we're not going to get to the hotel room until six in the morning. So, you know, it's just it's um, it's time and emotional management is what it comes down to. Yes, emotion management is is a big one because I coming off stage, your adrenaline's really high. Mm-hmm. And so then it's how do I wind down and take care of myself because maybe you're leaving right away or leaving very shortly after the show or whatever. Yeah. And so there's always those those scheduling interesting events, I guess I could say. <laughs> well, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a funny little, you know, people have, I mean, I've been interviewed many times. And so I've told a lot of the same stories about heart, but I'll, I'll, I'll you just reminded me that I, I will say something that I've never mentioned before. And the thing about heart, I mean, you, you got to remember that like, well, obviously Anne and Nancy are, are veterans and, yes. and, and, and consummate professionals and wonderful people. But the funny thing about heart is, is that you would think that, you know, you see, you see movies or you see concerts and you see, you see this big wind up to a show mm-hmm. and, um, and then you see them get off the stage and, you know, and you see like somebody wrap a towel around somebody's neck because they're sweating, you know, all these cliches. Mm-hmm. Here's the way it works with heart. We are as calm as can possibly be. We're like, literally, we're like, like, literally before we walk on stage, we're, we're, we're joking with each other. We're, 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 we're as calm as can possibly be. We step on the stage and it's like a Ferrari. It's like, it's boom, you're going a thousand miles an hour. And the second we get off the stage, we just walk back to our dressing rooms and we're just as calm as can be. The only time we talk about the show is if, it's if, if somebody happened to make a mistake and we sit there and we, we have a good laugh over it. But, you know, I mean, so it's, it's the ramping up and ramping down with heart is, is kind of, it's like, we're all such veterans. We just like, it's like, okay, we know we're going to work 90 minutes. So we just give it all when we're on stage and we know, we know how to turn it off and turn it on, on a dime. And it's genuine and it's sincere when we're on stage, but when we're off stage, we treat our time like, this is, you know, like my house, for example, I have no heart. Uh, you would never know that I had spent, you know, my entire life in the music business. 
There's, there's no, I don't have any of my gold records hung up on the wall. I have no pictures of me with famous people, nothing like that. I, to me, my home is a place where I forget about all of that. And it, it's, it's a, it's a sanctuary and, and I don't need to be reminded of what I, my passion has been for my entire life because it's, it's up here. It doesn't need to be out here on display. Right. Yes. There's nothing better than, than that memory and the, the energy within us from all of the things that are our passion. Yeah, Absolutely. I, I totally agree with that. So I have a question that's kind of like a personal curiosity because I work with so many musicians professionally mm-hmm. and I have a lot of friends. My mom was a concert pianist and oh, she, she was the one who taught me. I used to go to bed with... Um, her playing classical music on our Mason and Hamlin ivory keyed piano, you know, and, and oh, I, nice. it was beautiful and her, she, it was just great. And so she would always say that she thinks in song mm-hmm. and that when any, no matter what she was doing, it was really, there was a melody with it or there was some kind of music with it. Is that true for you too? It is. Um, and, you know, it's funny because I try to look at it logically, like either I am um, either a unknown melody is going through my head or some obscure song that I haven't heard in years. And I try to play this little game with myself and, and think, what did I just see on TV or what did somebody say or what did I dream that right. made this song this crazy song from like the 60s or the 70s or a song that 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 from some movie that i haven't thought of in 15 years what made this song just implant itself into my brain so and and sometimes i get it and sometimes i don't but there's always there's always a musical like it's like being in an elevator with music it's kind of like that type of thing but at least right. i get to pick what i'm listening to Right, and it's not traditional elevator music all the time. No, Thank God. <laughs> right, exactly. But okay, so I was curious about that because I when I wake up every morning because I don't play. I used to play piano for a while and things like mm-hmm. that, and there's probably in my genes. But my mom had a belief that there's no way a child of a musician would want to learn music. Like so, she she kind of poo pooed it. But right. I wake up with songs in my head all the time. Oh yeah, and I find myself kind of humming them and singing them while I walk my dog for sing in the morning. And then I come back and I do a, a live show about whatever intuition I got that day. And normally it's related to one of the songs that just pops in my head when I wake up and I play that a similar game. Like, where did that come from? Did I dream something? <laughs> did, did, I, did I see something? Or maybe I just really love the music because right. I can feel the energy of it. And so I was always, I'm always curious when I speak with somebody like you, that's music has been your whole world. Like since you were a toddler, right. <laughs> it's in your DNA. It's in your essence. It's not right. just, Oh, I think I'm going to do this for a job. That's, that's not it. No, and the job chooses you. Yes, it totally. Does. It totally does. It totally yes. is. So you are a vegan and your energy is very clean, which is, and it's obvious talking to you. And so what kinds of things do you do to help yourself manage all of the stuff coming at you? Because you're known and you're with a band of known and, and there's people and there's the audience and there's just stuff and people emailing you probably and all of that. How do you manage the energy of 
um, people wanting things that, and it may not be bad. I'm not saying that it's a bad or negative thing, but you know, you're in the limelight. And so how do you handle that? Well, I, I, you know, I think it's real important to give back to people and, and I'd like to, I'd like to try to help people and we can get into how I'm currently doing that in a little bit. Um, so, so when people reach out to me, I, I enjoy quite answering questions about music and about if it's, if it's a way to help somebody get to the next step. Um, uh, I, I avoid anything personal because I feel that that's my, my personal life is my personal life. And that's, that's something that I hold very dear to me. That's it. Basically it, 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 it reinstates what I was saying a minute ago, a minute ago about not having a bunch of like, you know, heart or past achievements laying around my house. I, to me, this is like my private life and then this, but, um, but, you know, I honestly enjoy talking and helping with people. I think one of the greatest things about touring is you get to go to cities and towns that you would never go to. And I literally may go out of my way to talk to the security person who's who has to sit for 12 hours in front of our dressing room door. You know, I see if they need water or they need something. And, and to me... Hearing their story is is something that I would never in a million years get to do otherwise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's this is this is important. I mean, it's not it's not about it's not about us. It's about other people and 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 bringing those things into your life, the things that make sense, and and just and and to see that 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 we're we're diverse and there's a lot of thoughts and there's a lot of people out there, and. You know, and I think to get back to your question, I think the hardest thing is 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 more what's going on in the world right now, as opposed to like like getting bombarded by by heart and fans and questions and that type of thing. I mean, I think the harder thing for all of us to manage is is you know, twenty twenty is a tough year, and um, so I think that's probably what what more people are facing than than the actual logistics of their job, you know, like currently there is no, you know, heart, you know, we had, we had stuff planned for this year, some, some really great stuff planned. And, and, you know, about, about the time March, February, March rolled around, I could see the writing on the wall that it probably wasn't going to happen. And, you know, and that makes me sad for the fact that I don't get to see my, my wonderful friends that I work with, you know, Ann and Nancy, um, you know, their significant others, um, just everything and, 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 and get out and talk to these, you know, to people from small towns and cities and places that I never would have, um, never would have had a chance to. Right. I, I love doing that. I love talking to the diverse people in all of the places, like you said, where I never would otherwise have gone. I do a lot of speaking. And so I always try to pick places to speak where I've never been. Yeah, you know, so I can meet different people. It's so exciting. How are you staying connected to people? How are um, you fulfilling that part of you? Because connection is important to you. How are you fulfilling it during this time when, you know, we're all pretty much isolated? Well, you know, it's not easy. Um, I I've been doing it through um, largely through my new venture, which uh, we can start talking about, which is um, um, I, I for for years. I've had 
I've been, I thought about ways to give back because I have, you know, I'm self-taught. So all of these things, songwriting, producing, guitar playing, playing piano, arranging, recording, engineering, all these things I taught myself. And, and for years I thought, how can I really give back? I actually, I actually explored like doing like adjunct teaching here at colleges in, in, in the Bay Area and in Marin County and Sonoma County. And um, just because I wanted to help inspire, you know, people to, to do what, what, what I've been able to do. And um, so the, the, you know, out of this crazy COVID-ness thing that we're going through, um, it, um, it sort of forced my hand to do something that I was thinking about for years, and that's doing online mentoring. And, um, and that's my connection to people. Um, because, um, I thought, you know, I looked long and hard at, at what people is available to creative people online. And oftentimes it's learn how to play guitar, learn how to do this, learn how to do that. And I thought, you know, nobody is teaching people musicality. And, and really what that means is, is that it's just taking whatever, spark as somebody has and trying to develop it. If somebody has had that guitar sitting in their closet for for 10 years and never learned how to play it because they didn't really enjoy it or they took guitar lessons, I will show them how to play it because I'll ask them what their favorite songs are and I'll say, let's let's learn how to play your favorite songs. That's it's not about scales. It's not about it's not about like precision. This is about making you feel empowered by and enjoying picking up that guitar. Then so the next step is people that know how to play guitar. They all thought maybe I want to write a song, but but I don't know how to make that that logical jump. So I show people how to write a song. I explain to them how simple it is, and I help them write songs. And then if the next step is I've got songs I want to record, well, do you have a MacBook? Do you have a do you have an iPad? You've got GarageBand on it. I'll show you how to record your song. You know, and then if people have their songs recorded, how how do I make it sound like like the songs that I love that are that I've grown up with mm-hmm. that are on the radio? Why don't my songs sound like that? Well, <laughs> you know, it's it's all guiding people in the right direction and it's all about being honest with yourself and being positive. That's what I like to bring out in people because music should not be um, about precision. It shouldn't be about math. It shouldn't be about scales. It shouldn't be about you have to devote 45 minutes to practicing. Da, 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 da. No, that's not, that's not what it's about. That's what it's about. What, what inspires, what kind of music inspires you or what kind of lyrics make you feel something? Let's find a way to bring that out in you. And that's the idea of, of musicality. So it's, it's the totality of music that I try to help people because I've been doing this my whole life. I mean, I've been playing guitar since I was literally like a, like a kid, you know, since I was eight years old. And, and I've been producing people in the studio and writing since I was a teenager. 
So, and, and then in the 90s, professionally taking young artists and people and, and looking at them and seeing people and saying, and, and, and instantly seeing what their talent is, what their strong point is, and what they need guidance to get them to the next step. And, and I got very, very good at just seeing people and saying, good voice, lyrics um, could, could be better, um, or, or melody could be better, or if we just try to do this with the chorus of the song, or we try to do this, it'll make the song so much better. But do it in a positive way, not in an authoritative way, but in a way that it gives them the power to do it. As opposed to me saying, this is what you need to do. You know, this is how the professionals do it. That's not it. It's like, well, what do you want? And, and gently guiding them into, into, into coming into like really having a full musicality experience in their life. And there's no better time to do it than now because a lot of us are spending a lot more time at home and 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 we have to we have to reinvent ourselves a lot of people are re really rethinking things this year and really reinventing themselves and and i personally think that music if you if music spoke to you in any way in your life mm -hmm. it can be the best form of therapy because yes. um as we were saying before we, we started rolling, I was saying that, um, that, you know, it, you can say things in a song that you can't say face to face with another person. Right. So you have a chance to sit down and just think about the, think about the fact that you're sitting in front of a chalkboard and it's, it's an empty slate and you can write anything you want to write on it and and you can create anything you want to create and that's the way to look at it it's like there the sky is the limit when it comes to that and and there's no better therapy than than trying to get out your inner thoughts that you may, may not necessarily be able to express or you you're maybe you just can't express it to your significant other or your parents or your neighbors, or right. your kids, you know, or society, yeah, or yeah, exactly, exactly. So, but you, but guess what? You can do it in a song, yeah. And, and 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 people people will recognize different things in songs. You know, you can play one song for twenty different people, and you're going to get twenty different interpretations of that song, and they're going to make it find a way to fit into their world. And there's there there's nothing better than that. So that's my connection to people right now is is really trying to help as many people as I can. And I have a website. It's called yourmusicality.com. All one word, yourmusicality.com. And it's just there's no hyphen, just just that. And um, people can reach me through that, or I suggest they can reach me through Facebook. Um, you know, Craig Bartok. It's easy to find. Um, and, um, I don't think there's any other Craig Bartok's on Facebook. So I think I'm good. I think you're good. And well, yeah. I'm going to put the links to your Facebook, LinkedIn, and your musicality in the show notes for the show oh, so that everybody can just go there and click there and find you. And the right. thing, the thing that really impresses me about what you're doing, cause I've 
peruse the entire website and I'm listening to you and it's one thing that I really find um, unique and very powerful and that is the whole mentoring idea that you're just not being like this music coach person and telling them how it needs to be yeah. but it's holding that safe space for somebody to bring their authentic real feeling energy creativity whatever it is that's burning in them out in a way through their music wherever they are in their development right and that that's a whole different thing than teaching somebody, you know, the beginner of this is how you play a guitar. Right. And it's great value to be connected because you're teaching people to be connected to themselves. Right. And I think that's so necessary and music is the perfect bridge for it. It's true, you know, and it's, you know? it's, it, it, it's, you're exactly right. And, and, you know, it, it kind of, I never really thought about this before, but, but, you know, it's like when, when people have problems, mm -hmm. they, they, they they sound they go to their friends and 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 oftentimes that's not the best solution sometimes you're better to go to a therapist because you go to a therapist because they give you they give you realistic honest opinions and they don't necessarily they don't they don't have a vested interest they're not going to say something that's something that is potentially hurtful or damaging inadvertently Right. You know, and, 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 and mentoring music is the same way. I mean, really, it's like people can come to me with their musical ideas and I'm not going to critique them like, like a friend or a partner would. I'm going to look at it kind of completely different. I'm going to look at it like, what, can the, what are the possibilities for this? Where can we go from here? And that's a very, very big difference. And, mm -hmm. and so that's really what mentoring is about. Yes. It's, it's, it's taking people and it's the psychology of saying, you know, and getting people to realize that, that you know, open up, open up inside and, and, and say what you want to say. You know, if, if, if it's 2020 and we're all going through a lot of stuff, if you don't have anything to say right now, then you should look you should look inside because we all are feeling anxiety we're all feeling stress we're we're all feeling some of the things we've have we have we've never felt before in our lifetime so you know if you're musically inclined get it out get it out of your you know get it out there and express yourself that's that's very very good therapy and getting it out and expressing yourself and not being in, like you said earlier, in that judgment place about it. Just get it out and be authentic yeah. and real. And then however you want to develop it or not, that's, that goes with it if you want it to. But it's still right. connecting to ourselves and bringing it out into the world, whatever that is. Yeah. And, and I often thought, you're, you're, bring, you're reminding me, this one thing I've always thought about, and I think I might have to talk to you about this off air. I had this idea once of working with somebody to have them hear my vision and help me create like the song that's played when I come on and off stage when I go to speak. <laughs> you uh -huh. know, like, like my kind of theme song that just follows me around and all the work that I do. And I'm like, right. but that takes somebody who's more of a mentor person because I, I kind of have an idea, but it mm -hmm. would take extracting some of that emotion sure. because I'm and, not a musician, but I a, love a good, the music. And just a good knowledge of music. I mean, like Ann Wilson made a comment. I mean, she, uh, 
uh, years ago uh, in an interview that she said there's like there's like almost nobody she's ever met that 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 is more of a musical encyclopedia than I am. I would say like do not play do not play a musical trivia game with me. I mean it's like <laughs> I have this I have this weird stupid human trick to quote a David Letterman where um, where it's like I. I I usually don't tell people about it, but I'm going to tell everybody listening to the podcast. For some reason, <laughs> for some reason, if there's a song that I've from from our past, from the '60s, '50s, '70s, '80s, whatever that that I've heard, oftentimes I can just sit at the guitar and play it. So it's like I'm really good at get-togethers. If somebody hands me a guitar and says, "Oh, Happy Together" by the Turtles, no problem. I've never played it before, but I can I can play it and 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 we can sing along and we can we can all we can all sing together in the chorus. So, so I'm not saying I'm having a barbecue anytime soon. So so please don't 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 email me your songs. But but uh, yeah, I, I that's that's you know that's just it's just understanding music. Music really ultimately people you know people think that music may be this 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 far off nebulous type of thing but music is a, in, in a lot of ways it's a language and it, it's a language that people can learn and 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 once you kind of understand like i tell people about songwriting it's like i, I say that it's not difficult once you understand the language and and it's not hard to to understand that language it's just that people you know they go to a foreign country and they don't understand anything but if they're there long enough they start to pick up phrases and they start to see commonalities and they start to see these things and um mm -hmm. that's you know that's the way music is it's like just having somebody to say you know if you ever noticed that every song from 1955 all the way through now Almost every song has this in common, or hit songs, or every song you just named to me has this in common. And they're like, oh, yeah, I never noticed that. And I can't tell you how many times I've taught people, like when they're playing guitar, you know, like I'll show them four chords. And, and they'll say, you know, I really want to play this song. And I'll, I'll show them the four chords. And I'll say, by the way, did you know that you're also playing this song and you're playing this song and you're you know and if you just turn if you turn these two chords around and speed it up it's really this song you know and their 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 mind is always blown because if they thought it was some crazy you know some crazy thing and it isn't it's um you know it it's 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 in here it's it, it's emotion oh i love it so emotions the fuel of it all you know it's, it really is it's really amazing it's amazing. So is there any instrument that you have not played yet that you would want to learn? Well, you know, I've always, I had a, a violin and a cello when I was younger. And to me, those are two of the most probably expressive instruments. They're very much like a voice. And um, uh, I always really wanted to play the cello and violin, but Fortunately, because of technology, now I can do that in my studio um, with a vir with, with virtual instruments. They've got it down to the point now where I can sit at a keyboard and I can actually be playing a violin without the years of of, um, 
uh, the years of practice. And there's, it's pretty fulfilling to be able to, I mean, I write a lot of symphonic music too. And that's kind of my, that's, I don't usually share it, but it's usually the, it's the thing that, uh, that, that it's, it's my way of kind of, um, of, of getting my emotions out. Mm -hmm. You know, I have three solo CDs that I did and, um, and at this time, I'm really focusing on just classical music. I love orchestrations. I love string arrangements. Mm, there's too. nothing more. There's nothing. There's nothing sadder, or there's nothing more melancholy, or there's nothing more moving than hearing a good string section or a good passage with strings. And it's just like mm. that spoke to me ever since I was a little kid. And now, through the miracle of technology, I can do it in my studio. I can sit here and I can create a full orchestra. And, and it can be convincing and, and, and it's convincing enough for, for me to walk away and go, okay, I, I feel like I just had a, a big meal. I feel full. I feel satisfied. Oh, well, that is great. I, there is nothing more satisfying than an or, full orchestra playing. And that's cool that the technology lets you create that neat, really neat experience. And yeah. you reminded me when my, my mother used to always say, I think it's a Stravinsky quote, but she never said that. But I think I've seen it since that the beauty of music is the space between the notes. Absolutely. And ever since I was little, that was the message. And I've always held that. And I really have appreciation for the space between the strings, the space between the notes and the space of it all and mm -hmm. the timing and the pace and and there is an elegance and a beauty about it, no matter what kind of music it is, I think. So right. I, um, Absolutely. And I, I just, that memory just popped in my head, you know, of my mom talking to me about that and me really, I really revel in that. Yeah. And so if somebody's listening to you right now, obviously, if you're really digging what Craig is saying, what I think you should do is just go on yourmusicality.com and you can go on there and sign up to have a meeting with them and start working with them and get that creative part out of you. That's pretty obvious. So if, he, if you're listening to him right now and you've heard something that's really amazing, you can keep rewinding and listen again or reach out to him because he's a giving human being who really wants to support you to really bring your vision forward, right? Through music, which I think Absolutely. is really, really powerful. And so I'm going to put links to everything in the show notes so that they can find where to buy your CDs, go to your musicality and hunt you down in all the cool ways that we can okay. from all over the world. But I have a couple more questions that are a little bit more personal related sure. um, that I like to kind of wrap things up with a little bit so that people understand that. And that they've already got the feeling from you that you're this really giving generous spirit, but I'd love to know in all of your travels and your, your exciting life, what was the most memorable food that you've ever eaten? Oh boy, the most memorable food. You know, boy, I would say probably, probably New Orleans. Going to New Orleans and 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 um, I mean, I've 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 had some I've had some great meals in my day. There's a uh, there's a one of the best restaurants in the world. I don't know if it's still here, but it was in Napa called the French French Laundry. It was always like one of the top four in the world. And I ate there one time and was, it was pretty amazing. But, you know, for me, it's just uh, probably my most amazing food is going to New Orleans, going to my favorite place, getting crawfish etouffee, going to Cafe Dumont and getting the beignets and the, and the chicory coffee. To me, there is nothing better. It's like when I see New Orleans on the tour 
It's like it's it happens to be Ann Wilson's favorite city. So oftentimes we have days off there and it's like, yes, it's like I get to visit all my favorite restaurants. There's a restaurant called Giacomo's. There's two of them. Then they have they have um, they have amazing food there as well. And um, but yeah, you know, boy, I'll tell you, I, I've had I've had some great some great food you're making great food. my mouth water <laughs> i know i mean no, you can't beat that i mean you know you, no. go, you go down south and you just i mean you can't beat i mean like you know I, as soon as i see stuff like fried okra and, and and fried green tomatoes and that type of thing it's like you know it's not readily available in all parts of the country but when i see that it's like um, I, and I know that I can get sweet tea and, you know, they, they, you know, when you go into a restaurant and they say, well, do you want like regular tea or sweet tea? It's like, and it's funny because sometimes, you know, I'm on the tour bus and we go from the middle of America to the South. And so I, I forget where I am. And then it's like, you know, I was just somewhere in the Midwest and now I wake up and I'm in Atlanta and I'm at a restaurant and they ask me if I want sweet tea. And I'm like, Yes, I'm in the South. Yeah, I, 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 you know, I, 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 I remember where I am now. You know, just the fact that you know, in catering, they've got regular tea and sweet tea. It's right. like this is great. Yeah. Right, exactly. Well, I live in Florida, and so for years when I was in college and I went to school a little closer, I would drive, my birthday's near Thanksgiving, and I would leave at night, drive all night so that I could be sitting in Cafe du Monde eating beignets, having cafe au lait as the sun rose. And, and I'm like, and crawfish etouffee is one of my favorite Cajun dishes ever. So you're oh. talking and my mouth is like watering, like, oh. oh yeah. you, you can't go wrong. No, you, really you can't. can't go wrong. Boy, you can't oh at all. Oh, yes. Now you got me going. And one last question. Um, sure. If there was going to be a billboard that you were going to put up that the whole world would see with Craig's message on it, what would you want the world to see now? The message would be talk to each other. Good one. You know? This is the thing I was going to mention when I was saying that one of the greatest things about about touring is getting, you know, it, it's it's a job. So I'm getting out and I'm seeing people from different walks of life in different parts of the country. And, you know, we're so divided right now. And 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 I think that a lot of people, you know, you've got the far left, you've got the far right and you've got the middle. And I think a lot of people are much more in the middle than than are in the extremes but what's happening now is is this middle if you're if you're if you're leaning one way you look at the extreme on the left and you blame them if you're in the middle on this side you you blame the extreme right and you and, and you know and there's a lot of us that are just here and if we just talk to each other and realize that that talking to each other of, of people with different backgrounds and races and, and religions empowers you. It, it teaches you that we, we have things in common much more than we do that, that, that tear us apart. And right now we really need to figure out a way to do that. We really need to stop pointing fingers and we just need to talk to each other. Yes. 
Amen. I agree totally. And so you might have just answered the question I was going to ask last, but I'm going to ask it anyway, just in case. Okay. That is, we've covered a lot of ground and, and I really am enjoying this conversation and you're inspiring me. Is there anything on your heart that you wanted to share that I didn't ask you about or that's coming to mind so that when we're all finished, you feel full and complete? I think this was a really good interview. I got to say, it's like I, you know, it, it, it's nice to do something like this and not focus so much on my past with with uh, uh, with all the artists I've worked with and touring with heart and everything. I mean, most people really want to get to the, you know, what's it like being on stage? What's it like playing Barracuda? What's it like, you know, what are Anne and Nancy really like? All that stuff. And and this is great because because ultimately you know, when we're together, we talk about feelings, you know, we talk about how, how things feel. We talk about the state of the world. We talk about these things. So what we're doing right now is the reality. The other part is just the other part, touring, playing, you know, it's, that's just the fantasy. The reality of it is exactly all the things that we were talking about. Great. Thank you so much for being on the show and having this oh, great conversation pleasure. with me. I'm my so pleasure. inspired. So thank you so much. It's my pleasure. And thanks to everybody for listening. I appreciate it. So you've been listening to Craig Bartok and his information is all in the show notes for you. And I'm sure that you're as delighted as I am with what he has to share. So follow him on social media. Let him know you heard him here so he can see the far reach of his words. And so remember, everybody, to keep your face to the sun so the shadows fall behind you because you're a rock star and here on purpose with a purpose. So go out there and let your light shine. Connect with other people in meaningful ways. And until the next episode of Someone Gets Me, be well. Thank you for listening. I trust you gained some valuable inspiration and information. Please join me and other visionaries in the Someone Gets Me Facebook group. Or for more information on my services and additional episodes, visit someonegetsme.com. Again, thanks for listening.